0: hey guys welcome to another episode of Life podcast today we sit down with my brother nels johnson he just shot a really nice mountain whitetail and we talk about hunting mountain whitetails and he throws in kind of some of his techniques and how he got it done so without further ado let's get into it nels Alright guys, welcome to another episode. This is episode number 8 and we've got Nels, Johnson, and Mark Beauvais today. Nels just killed a monster whitetail today and it wasn't just any whitetail, it's a mountain whitetail. There's a little bit of a difference. We segregate them a little bit. They're tougher. A lot harder. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're gonna get into it. Nels is gonna kind of tell us a little bit about the hunt and everything. But before we get into that, Nels, tell us a little bit about
1: you. So, introduce yourself. Hey everyone, I've already done one podcast before this. But you were on, you're on the last one with Josh and Jasper. But, yeah, I didn't really introduce myself, I guess. I'm Steven's better looking brother. <laughs> um, Grew up in Idaho for the most part. Steven and I, when we were little, we moved over from the coast, but we uh pretty much taught ourselves how to how to hunt, like, for the most part. Like growing up we never really had any mentors and we just kinda watched Primos videos and <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Trial and error. <laughs> and we hunted whitetail and stuff, but it was never for mountain whitetails. It was always just you go down to like whirly or something and you get like six guys and you'd do a push and you'd see deer but they were all running away from you and you'd see them for like four or five seconds depending on where they were at and I don't know just kinda this past year started getting into more of the mountain whitetail stuff steven has been doing the mock scrape thing and Figuring it out. And then I just started watching YouTube videos and listening to podcasts. And kind of figured out a general area I wanted just off of, like, e-scouting. Yeah.
0: and Yeah. We got Mark over here. Mark Bove. You guys, Mark did the podcast with the, uh, we, we were talking about fishing, your history. Yeah. He's been on... A couple podcasts now. Star fisherman. Mark's my partner in all this stuff. Everything killer. But he's around. a damn good hunter, too. I'm just an <laughs> He's
1: off-bar. a generalist. I'm a generalist. And I'm, he's a five-star chef. I can mm-hmm. cook.
2: <laughs> I had to cook for 18 people yesterday. This so is the other wife. day
0: you were telling me you made a mule deer... Uh, sushi or something? Yeah, last <laughs> made night sushi? I made
2: a bunch of sushi. I killed a mule deer buck with Stephen the other day. I didn't have a lot of time to hunt. I've hunted five days this year. Killed a whitetail buck. Killed a mule deer buck. And I should have killed a bull elk, but my archery skills aren't quite what they should be. It, it was pouring rain.
1: A <laughs> range finder. Was... I missed world. an elk this year too. <laughs> it's just like I missed a bull. Sucks. They haunt you forever.
2: Oh yeah, the ones that you kill, you really don't remember that as much as the ones you miss. Like I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh yeah, I killed this bull, killed that bull. But the ones that like kill me is like I had a big. um I ended up hitting the bull, but I lost some Big Roosevelt bull I hit. Big six by seven giant thing, and then loss up bowls when, like, you wake up in a cold sweat, dreaming about yeah. it. It's like, oh, yeah, if only I was three inches back. <laughs> and then it's low,
1: like the walk of shame almost, like you're talking to your friend and stuff. Oh, yeah, I wounded a bull or I a wounded a whitetail this year. I nice had a shot white-tail. and it's like it just eats me. Yeah, I don't I, like that. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Yeah.
2: Steven you had an issue you, yeah I
1: shot up. I shot a buck
0: this year and like no matter how many people you talk to and no matter how many scenarios you play in your head like when it comes time I was trying to get it done with a bow and it was a nice 5x5 five five, probably a 140's um, when I shot he ducked I had to stop him because he was cruising. It's the rut. And so I bleh, tried to get him to stop. He stopped. This is a mule deer? No, this is a whitetail. Oh. And I, I was already full draw, stopped him. And when I shot, because I stopped him, I think oh. he ducked. And when he ducked, his, sh- his front legs came back towards his ass and it center punched his shoulder blade. And I tracked him, I had snow and I tracked him and I tracked him and the blood went from decent to terrible to nothing and then I saw the buck walking and he was like, he was back to sniffing the ground looking for does like, it was just the craziest thing I've ever seen. Mm. So, yeah,
2: I don't think, I don't think he died I think he's fine. Likely. It just still sucks. I've done the exact same thing in that exact tree stand on a really big, the biggest buck I've ever seen was in that exact tree stand. But it's been
0: a crazy year though. Like Stacy really and I 100. were talking and all, like we've had, we're going to start a billboard here at the house. Cause we've had three bears here this year. We've had four elk here this year. We've had seven deer now. This is, Nelson's is the seventh deer that's been to the house just this year. And it's
2: just... It's all public land. It's all public land. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like our group. group, You know? (laughs) Yeah, but anyways, back to the uh, mule deer sushi. Yeah. (laughs) My wife conned me into... All my in-laws came to town, so there was 18 people, so I ended up cooking for a bunch of people. I had uh lobster and dungeness from california on my last trip so i boiled those guys up dealt with all that and then for the mule deer sushi what i did is i took uh, my kids are too. we got the kiddos in the house the girls
0: are out back hunting yeah so we're watching the kids babysitters and the turkey stew
1: (laughs) mr moms yeah (laughs) (laughs)
2: right now <laughs> Mr. <Mom>. <laughs> <laughs> lion's mane mushroom morel mushroom onion garlic cook that in wine that's the guts of it deep fried shrimp put that in there a little cream cheese roll that up like burrito thinly sliced backstrap put that on top smash some garlic on top of the meat Then you take a blowtorch to it and sear it oh my god okay let's just
1: go get the stuff and you can show us how to do it
2: (laughs) (laughs) well if you guys feel like doing it somebody shoot a deer and we can make that happen that's an easy thing there's a deer hanging out there well we could do it with your deer and it'll be delicious i guarantee you we just need to go (laughs) make some sushi rice and then uh, i'm sure uh the yolks over here has nori like we can make it a reality yeah yeah that'd be fun I set up a deep fryer yesterday and deep fried a bunch of stuff. I took, like, whole rolls and tempurued yeah, them and, like, deep fried them. Oh, I, I made, oh my uh, gosh. I made, like, I made, like, 20 sushi oh, rolls yesterday and, like, a bunch of sashimi plotters. We ate eight pounds of bluefin yesterday between all those people. <laughs> it was, like, a lot of fish we ate. We had a sheep's head. We ate a bunch of stuff. 30 shrimp. Like, Dang. A lobster and a dungeness. It was good. But yeah, I'm kind of. I'm ready to not cook for a day. It was a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Stacey was.
0: Before she walked back there, she's like, Ask Mark if he wants to go to Iron Pizza
1: tonight. Yes. (laughs) I was was, like, Yeah, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. No cleanup.
2: Yeah, Yeah, no cleanup, and life is easy.
0: So, I want to talk about both your guys' deer. That, like, I just. Yeah, like, you've, we've had some really cool hunts together this year, you and I. And Nails, Nails just got it done on a stud. Like, I I was so jacked. I quit my hunt early to come help him so I could see the buck, and
2: it's just been kind of a day of drinking. It's been we've crazy. had rum and coke. How many days have you hunted this year, Nails? because elk, elk season included? Like, my rule of thumb, the harvest of trophy animals, 10 days per harvest that's like my rule of thumb like like a, 10 straight days it doesn't have to be straight but if you hunt 10 days you will likely get an opportunity at a mature animal that's like my rule of thumb
0: but it also like you got i mean you got to put in there like also your years of experience like so i don't think somebody like how would i put there's this? i don't certain, come across i don't know
1: it's but not like you use, a, it's like the encyclopedia you pick up over time, over all those animals you've messed up
2: on, or... There's the definition like, of luck, right? Preparation right. meets opportunity. Yeah. That goes into it, and then there's also the time factor into it. Right. If you're willing to... Like, for me, been hunting this year, I was like...
0: Hold- Cake in his mouth
2: and spitted it out. Barrett's got a piece of cheesecake. We might edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's giving a, you the fork. Oh, he wants you. you to finish he, it, he's Steve. Like, Give me some mm. more cake, please.
0: He just spit his cake out. <laughs> yeah.
2: I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, we're done. talking about
0: preparation.
2: So like, I mean, so, okay, the definition of luck we discussed. That. Yeah, and then my it goes Albert's into like, conditions. Okay. Which yeah. is where oh, you want it, okay. You can't replicate it. the rut There's like in, right. in early October. Oh. No, that that boils down to okay, maybe you patterned a buck really well, but like during the rut, you've got a lot in your favor during the rut, right? For potentially getting an opportunity, but it doesn't. They're,
1: they're moving a lot more, and I guess they're in like a different
2: mindset, I guess they might give you a second chance maybe I mean I don't know but I mean so how many days did you hunt this so
1: year? four deer I probably hunted 12 days somewhere around there
2: how many deer did you pass
1: in 12 days? I saw I saw two deer
2: and, and then, that's mountain bucks yeah like yeah. that's the reality with mountain bucks yeah it's like you don't see a lot
1: yeah you're
0: going out and you're like you're reading a little bit of sign that's there and trying to come up with the game plan well, yeah you have to read land yeah like you're you, hunting land
1: i was going off a of more topo and then sign i was seeing then like elevation specific sign right yeah so um In the last podcast, like, I was asking Steven about, like, elevations and what he thought. Anyway, like, I was seeing, like, every sign I could find. I was talking to Gittle, and I was telling, like, um... (laughs) Sorry, my phone's going off. Um... I was going off a of sign and um, my buddy was telling me, you know, mark, mark what you're seeing on Onyx. And I just, I was always one of those guys like, I'd see an elk scrape or, or not an elk scrape, like an elk rub. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I'd never, like, I wouldn't hunt the sign for elk, I guess. And then, when it came to deer, I'd see a deer rub, and I just was in the same mindset, like, oh, whatever. And then, this year, I started really paying attention to that and marking it down. And then, I started to see, um, like, all of my rubs were at a certain elevation. It was like, it was almost like a borderline. There was rubs in this one area, but the rubs would be, like, spread out across the 200-yard line. But Almost on the same contour? Or? No, it was perp- perpendicular. Or,
2: like... Parallel? No, it was the opposite. opposite. So, Horizontal? It was on a latitude or on a longitude as far as elevation is concerned? So,
1: it was on,
2: like, a longitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um... Because that's the elevation that deer was cruising. Yeah, so... To get from point to point. Do you think those deer were checking into basins? Like, mule deer, I have a thing where, like, early in October, all I do is glass a certain elevation band because those bucks cruise it, okay. and they're set checking does at certain times. Mm-hmm. And other times, they're in the bottom, just depending on what the, like, the thermals are doing. Right. As, like, I could say, I was, like, hunting with my buddy, and... An area way south of Washington. I'm like, right now they're going to be on this band. Like you could literally glass this band, and that's where the bucks will be. And then of course, Giant Buck cruises. I'm like, what's he doing? And you just see him. He's down there scent checking all these does that are in the bottoms, and then they do the exact opposite. Do you think that was kind of the same? Yeah. Thing? Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but his his rubs were like a a border of his area almost, mm-hmm. and then. um I started finding, like, a couple weeks ago, I started finding scrapes. I was texting Steve, and I was like, hey, found a scrape. And he was like, oh, yeah. And a friend of ours is like, yeah, you should put a camera up there. And I'm like, yeah, no. And then I was like, oh, do I just sit on this? Like, after seeing all the Steven's pictures of bucks on scrapes, it's like, do I just sit? I'm finding these scrapes. Do I watch them? And there's really there's no openings really where these scrapes are. It's just thick. Yeah, it's thick and it was on like ridge points. Yeah. And like on saddles. And um, yeah, so like last weekend I went up and I hiked into this area and I was finding scrapes like crazy. I think I found like five and each one I was sending pictures. And the last one I got to looked super fresh. And I told myself I was gonna rattle there just to see. And had a buck come in on my downwind side. And I never did see his head. I just saw his body moving through the brush and he came up like 40 or 50 yards away. And there was this big red fir tree. And I was waiting for him to step out from behind it. And he never did. He used that tree. I think he found me. Like, he pinpointed where I was. And he used that tree as a line to sneak out. Do you think it was the same buck? See, I don't know. It was about a mile from that one. Okay. Yeah. It
2: could be. Possible. Like, Like, the rule of thumb is, like, one square mile blocks... Like when you're scouting an area, a buck will have that one square mile, like a big mature buck, and then it'll be a different one in this block, and this block, and this block. But if they do yeah, overlap, yeah. a mile's a long ways for a buck to go. But these are mountain bucks. And yeah, it's see, totally see, like, and I've got bucks. Like, yeah. Like, like Thumper. Well, that's the thing that's crazy <laughs> about those deer. It's just like. I'll say this about mountain bucks. It's a lot harder because you're hunting the needle in a haystack. Right. But when you get on them, you stand a pretty good chance of actually getting that buck killed in relationship to a deer that's had to sur- Like, these lowland deer, it's like, okay, you're hunting a lowland spot. The deer you shot was hyper spooky. Yeah. Like, I came to full draw on a buck that you have a lot of history on. Deer knew I was there, came to full draw and just kinda la yeah. la 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 <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not gonna shoot you, like came down. There's none of that in lowland deer. No. So that's like where it's hard. I think
0: they're more hunter savvy on the lowland. Oh, Hundred yeah. percent because they but get the shot mountain at. bucks, it's they're, like
1: they've lived through those elements and through all those they different live factors,
2: from wild predators. Yeah, like wolves, mountain lions, bears. They have to survive all that. Hunters are less of a factor because I just don't think a lot of guys do it. Like, <laughs> it's I super mean, frustrating. You go
1: hard. up there and you don't see a whitetail, and you're hunting like twelve days, and you see two deer. But most of the time, you're up there and it's just like, oh, I'm going for a nature hike.
0: Like that's why you gotta do.
1: It. You get like back to the truck, but you see all this sign, and it's like.
0: But you keep adding that to your yeah, playbook. Yeah. And it's like, keep, okay, I found this, I
2: found this, and you like you did. You marked it all out on yeah. your Onyx, and you just painted yourself a picture of. But why you won on this deer, you should go into that. It's yeah. like you knew the spot and then you set up a play. Yeah. In like you're like, okay, I know this spot. It could probably happen here. I'm gonna go to my little mountain meadow, whatever, or my yeah. little timber stand where I could potentially get a shot. I know he's gone here before. I know the sign. Yeah, I'm gonna set it up in my favor, and I'm gonna pay attention to how deer actually behave when they do come in on this. Yeah, and, and so, so the, yeah, like let's the craziest get into it. thing. So <laughs> Stephen,
1: and I, the last podcast we were talking about deer at a certain elevation, and I started noticing that the well. So the other day it snowed. And we got a lot of sign, and I figured out how they were using
2: that route. That's key, and not a lot of people pay attention to that. It's like, there are days, and this is something that should be really important to talk about. um, If you go to snow day, that's your best day to just go for a nature walk. Like, you may encounter stuff, but it's... It's just to figure out the sign, because everything's fresh, you know exactly where stuff is, and then you can, like, really pinpoint stuff. Yeah, it's like, you can hone in. It's like, that's a big track. I'm going to hunt this zone here. Yeah. And, like, cover a lot of country. On. That's, like, my two cents. Like, we did the same thing. It was just cover a ton of country on those days, and, like, you figure out, okay, there's, like, five big bucks in this zone. They each have their little pocket, Mm -hmm. and we cut all these tracks. Now we know for whether it's years in the future. I mean, I ended up killing a buck on that day, so (laughs) it was like.
1: Yeah, it's crazy because you almost build like a history. Like, I didn't have trail cameras like Steven did where he could see all this, all the animals.
2: But you saw his track.
1: Yeah, but. So I. I didn't see, like, I saw his rubs. Mm -hmm. So I got into this spot, and there was a bunch of old rubs, but they were super tall. Like, they were, like, 24 to 30 inches tall. And they were on trees that were, like, eight inches around. You know what's crazy? As I was looking at your
0: buck, and I I don't think a lot of people pay attention to this. You guys probably know about this. But that buck had wood shavings on his head. How long has it been since they did velvet? I mean, it's been September, right? Mm-hmm. So they're actually rubbing that forehead gland on their rubs. Mm-hmm. And that's another way of establishing just like a scrape. Mm-hmm. It's like like you said, you're setting up your fence posts. He's, doesn't he
2: have red horns? Yeah, he does. Quite yeah, red, but he's close. He wasn't rubbing just on alders. He was rubbing on I some white like and stuff. Yeah, and I
1: had him on video when he came in because he was like black like he looked black completely and all i saw like when he came in i
2: had rattled and well first off like so back up yeah go to your setup you like go to your spot you like knew there was rubs there so you probably had his so,
1: so yeah as i'm on my way in to where i saw like the initial the first big rubs and they were from they were ancient like they weren't fresh so they're like signpost rubs they were old and so i went in there and i had marked it and um the next time i went in there they were all freshened up like the trees were shredded. see and that's what i was saying it's
0: like they use them different because when we find it with elk it's usually it's like Sometimes it's a spot where they're establishing a dominance thing. But I think it's a lot more true with whitetail. Like, they're putting a scent on there that they mean something by. It. And that, maybe it's just because I don't know as much
2: about elk now as I do about... I remember Dan and I talked about this a lot. Because, for, why? I mean, whitetails, it, you can hunt rubs on whitetails. You can't hunt rubs on elk. Because elk... Are they so summer nomadic. way up high, yeah. right? Yeah. Or some of them will summer way down low in, like, creek bottoms. But, like, where they're rutting, because most of our elk hunting, like, we're all bow hunters in this room. Like, I should buy a rifle tag and just rifle hunt elk, because it's like, all I have to do is see one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much more frustrating than rifle hunting, that is There's true. so many more people. I'm thinking about putting in for some muzzleloader tags down south. Like, I was looking at that. I'm like, oh, that jet boat unit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but anyways, um, you can't really hunt that type of sign versus whitetails. It's like, you could hunt a scrape line on whitetails because, like you said, they use this as, like, their scent post. It's like, who's who in the zoo? And, like, you actually study their biology. It's like, a whitetail doe can tell... A buck's like protein levels and all these things of whether or not she wants to breed them just based on a licking branch. Or, (laughs) like, it's true, it's it's true. This is like pure science, and it's like, okay, and that's how these deer do well. It's like, you know, they may never see each other all year, and that's the crazy thing to think about. But they all know who each other are based on on that,
0: and they can tell like the genetic the the whole genetic background of that certain deer just based on a scent off that branch.
1: It's insane. That's something Troy
0: taught me. Like, they have
2: like it's the hardest thing about whitetails is scent, and like the thing you capitalize is scent. Like you know, using the synthetics and all this you know scent stuff, but you could also capitalize on their biology and the aggression that they have in the rut, which is what you yeah. did. It's yeah. like,
1: yeah. yeah, he's like reading the sign and then like, it's cool to
0: talk about this stuff though, crazy. because like, there's so much more that I don't think people understand about it. You know, they say, Oh yeah, that's a big rub. Well, why is that rub there? And why is it freshened up after the velvet shed? Like, what is he using it for? Personally, in my mind, I think a rub is something for a buck to tell another buck, okay, here. It's a visual, and they leave their forehead mark on it. What's I don't it? see does going up to rubs. Well, like I you said, scrapes,
2: it's a line yeah. to mark my turf. This He's is like, my yeah. zone. He's probably got a doe or two in that. So, And, like, the thing that should be noted is, like, when we talk about mountain bucks, it's one-to-one ratio. Like, it's weird. Like, you'll go yeah. up there. You're just as likely to see a doe as you are a buck.
0: And it like, might be a one to two, but I mean that's how narrow it. It really. Yeah, I is. mean, it's, it's like, like yeah.
2: really close. Like when we go hunt these lowland areas, like Stevens spot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like ten does to every three, three bucks. Like three bucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's like a little spiker. There's like your mid size, two and a half to three and a half, and then there's like, you know, the four and a half plus, and then they'll be like. It depends. Like I It's mean, insane. Dude. Like, I mean, if you want to see numbers,
0: go where I'm hunting. We're not going to tell anybody where we're hunting. <laughs> but, like, I also hunt high like Nails is doing, and I just – I.
2: It's a dichotomy, though. Man. Like, what you, what would you prefer? My ADT well, says I'm gonna go hunt where there's a lot of deer. But right. I I shot a deer. My early season deer was in high density, but like that wasn't like it was like first day of the season or no, it was third day of the season, and it was just like I'm harvesting.
1: You're more satisfied as a hunter, like when going you out and well, yeah. But I mean, when you go out hunting and you see animals, but when you go out and don't see anything it's like what am
0: there's you? a but, lot of doldrums yeah there the, is yeah. and it's very it's it, it like
1: it's plays can, a mind game like what am yeah. i doing up here like i could be down in the lowland, like smoking something
0: a, i'll say too like the reason i haven't been up there is because it's a muzzle loader only right now and that kind of narrows yeah. it down where i'm hunting for whitetails but um i'm hunting any weapon unit right now mm-hmm. And I'm hunting with the bow. I wanna shoot a whitetail with the bow this year.
2: That's I think that's that it. has a lot to do with how spooky those lowland like this is the thing that you have. It's like, okay, big bucks are allowed to live that old in this high country. Because A a guy's gonna go back in there, hunt for two days. I haven't seen a deer. Exactly. Yeah. I'm never it's hunting mo- here again. <laughs> it's discouraging. I know.
1: And there was so many times where it was like what am i doing up here but yeah you look then it. you'd start seeing sign and it's like i can't i can't not go deeper into this and try to figure it out all right so you've hunted 12 days now
0: you've found the sign you've put a picture in your head of how the buck's using it you found your elevation that you want to hunt at now let's go into and I'm gonna the add rest one is, more thing. Yeah.
2: Without the teaser of a trail camera picture. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's a lot. Because yeah. like I've got cameras soaking, I know he has cameras soaking. <laughs> like I have a hard time going into a spot where I got no pictures. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like that's dedication to the land. You like yeah. use <laughs> like, <He was> like <laughs> yeah. you
0: put this it's, in your head. You're like, I know this year's big based off the sign that I have. Yeah, and you went in there and you. It took you 12 days though, and yeah. it goes back to what Mark said: ten days of straight hunting to get at least. That's yeah. like
2: the bare minimum. And that
0: doesn't even mean harvest. That just means to see that to finally the see har- the end result.
2: and you, I like. So you had one deer that you rattled in. Yeah. So you've had, in 10 days, you had an opportunity you feel like got a mature animal, or no? You had I, no idea. Well, you had an encounter.
1: I, I saw its body, but I could not see its head. Probably was a big like,
2: bodied monster thing. Yeah, you know, and, and I was these.
1: like, I don't, I'm not gonna, it's like, do I shoot this, and
2: it's a doe? Like, that was my...
1: Well, not that tell. it would be, yeah, yeah, but...
2: It's hard to tell. I mean, yeah. I'll say this. Some of those mountain does that I've seen, I'm like... Oh,
0: Dang. Yeah. That is a big... <laughs> they're all, almost... A... <laughs> no, it's not almost. They're they're completely different build. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> they look like... <laughs> <laughs> you give it a double, look, at, look at the hams on that one. Oh, that's a lot yeah. of meat. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah they're...
0: And... I, like... It's almost like you could just tr- cut a line or draw a line and say they're two different species of deer. But they're not. They're deer.
2: They're white-tailed deer. But the... My the, theory ah. is this. Like, I have a theory with these lowland deer. They're big mountain bucks that are like, F this, I'm going, I'm going to the strip club. I'm going to the ho-show. Like, they come down they migrate a long ways. Like, I don't... Where Stephen's hunting, I didn't see legit bucks until the 18th of November. It was like, me and my buddy Dan Statton, you can look him up on Elk Shape, we like, learned these general areas to hunt. And they're lowland spots. Like We did so much scouting our first year, and we're like, do you want to shoot a spike? Like That's the biggest buck we have on camera. And then all of a sudden, at, like... I had two tags, so I smoked a doe, and then it was just like, holy cow, like 18th rolled around, it was like, we have 10 shooters on camera. It was just like this thing that flipped, and it's, it's the rut, all yeah. these big mountain bucks leave their little hidey, I think they all have little hidey holes, it's like, I got food, I got water, I'm cool here. Yeah, I might have a couple buddies that I kick it with, but like, we're good. No one's ever walked into our little spots. And, like, the thing is, you go drive in the backcountry of Idaho, it's like, I wonder who's ever walked to that little spot right there. Ever. Yeah. And you could probably count it (laughs) on one hand. It's like,
1: like, what am I doing out here? I'm passing all these people in the bottom, and it's like.
0: That's what you're doing out there. Well,
2: it's like you have the opportunity at a deer like that, and, like. That's an old deer. I'd be curious to have that deer age. Like, as soon as I came in the door, I'm like, those teeth are are worn down. Did you check them out?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the teeth are like... I'm like,
2: seven plus. And like, but a deer like that's smart enough to be like, I ain't going down there because homeboys, they got guns and stuff. I watched watched my buddy die down there. (laughs) And that's just the truth behind it. I mean, that deer probably... I don't know exactly where he shot it. Probably had opportunity to go down in somebody's backyard where there's an F-load of does. That's the weird thing about... Yeah, that, it'd be like, like a
0: 13 miles as the crow flies, you know? Yeah,
2: That's not hard for a deer to no. do. No. And I feel like some of these pockets that we hunt, you know, um, deer, you know, in these lowland spots... I mean, there's not a ton of density. Uh, not a ton of people that hunt these lowland spots, but they have pressure... I mean, the general rifle seasons, October 10th through December 1st, like, that's just the reality. You have to yeah. kind of take that into effect. Yeah, thing. and there's like,
1: a lot, like, the mentality is, is like, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's like, go out, you see a buck, you shoot it. You take any you buck, like yeah. a spike, a key. So foot. it's hard to
2: get that age, I guess. I mean, my in-laws came into town. It's like what was shot? There was a, a forked horn, a spike buck, and a doe was shot. And it's nothing against them, but like, they're people, you know, yeah, from a meat, different area. Yeah. It's a meat hunt, and it's like to find a mature deer is hard. Like, yeah, I mean, I went out glassing with my wife, and it was like we saw eleven deer total. And, like, you know, they're in tamarack pockets. And it's like, hey, there's four deer in my, my binos right now. And then my wife's like, I don't see anything on the hillside. So I'm like, I have my 15s on a tripod. I'm like, look in there. She's like, well, I see one. Oh, I see two. <coughs> I'm like, just keep looking. And then, like, one wags its tail. And she's like, oh, I see three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you see the buck yet? She's like, oh, yeah, I know I see him. I'm like... And this is not a spot in one of those areas that's, like, a low spot that's high, high, highly hunted with rifle. I mean, these deer have had rifle pressure, mm-hmm. and it's like, they live in these little timber stands, and the only reason why I'm seeing all these deer is because I can look into a tamarack <coughs> all the needles have fallen, and then they go into the line where the furs are. It's like there's this line. As they come out of the line of the firs and go to the tamaracks, they feel safe there, and then they go back into the firs. It's just like... Yeah.
1: No, it's funny you say that, because, like, even, like, when I'm shed hunting, mm-hmm. like, cedar groves have been... There's cedars yeah. in the very bottom of spot. so those spots. They love So, cedars,
2: first, um, tamaracks.
1: For, like, even, like, just for shed hunting, at least, they love those spots for wintering areas. Like,
2: there's... You like the creek bottoms with big big cedars in them? Yeah. I believe. And, like, really, like... There's, like, lines to
1: that Yeah, there's elevations to that, too, that are, like, flat and easy. And then, yeah, how to pick it apart. And, like, yeah, finding sheds, it's always... I've always... When you find a shed, like, you mark it, and then you just follow that elevation and usually you'll pick up the other one and see and yeah. that's like what
2: we
0: were talking about the other day it's like it's a uh, elevation line that you're it's a contour line that those bucks are traveling on and we were talking about how they it's just like mark said with the mule deer <clears throat> they're following a certain elevation and they're they're covering a lot of ground quickly because the does move vertical They go from the bottom to the top, to the top, to the bottom. That's their life cycle. They're going from feed to bedding. Yeah. Or from bedding to feed. Like, and that's it. A doe's sole purpose in life is to raise her young and to get bread. That's it. So she's got to eat. I think she needs to take in a lot more protein than a buck does. A buck still needs to take in quite a bit of protein because he's got to prep for the rut. He's got to chase deer down. But But I think a doe has to sustain more protein throughout the year in order to raise her fawns. And this is another little tidbit that I learned the other day. Um, I was listening to Meat Eater and they were talking about it. They were talking about how deer, the, the genetic makeup of a buck is solely, it's not solely, but it is primarily all on the doe and how the doe's gestation is for that year. So, if the doe has a hard winter, that falls back on the buck. So, she's, she has a, a buck fawn, a male. If her protein levels aren't up, and say she has a hard winter and she doesn't get the food, she barely makes it through, but she's able to survive and she carries that deer within her until spring and gives birth, that genetic makeup of that deer is messed up. It doesn't matter what buck bred her. It's all about how much protein she took in and how much she was able to give to that deer while it was in the fetus. Now...
2: Like that's a mind trip. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because those dudes that like raise big bucks, like the does that throw big bucks are like really valuable. It's a weird thing, the deer underground, when you like get into it and like, I'm study it. it's like <laughs> these guys growing 500 inch deer and stuff. It's like, wait a minute, you spent $30,000 on a doe because it, and then it's like, huh. I mean, this is probably where chronic wasting disease comes from, but, like, it's interesting, like... When you put it into perspective and you start thinking about it,
0: it's totally backwards of what I've taught myself from hearing other people talk about, like, oh, big bucks spread big buck genetics, and that's how we have big bucks. No. I mean, it plays into it. Happy,
2: healthy dose. Yeah. I mean, and, like the big areas that like i look at mule deer it's like right there's a rack pack of like eight does in this little canyon there's like five in this one there's like 20 in this one and like it's all about but these are areas that have low buck to doe ratios like where you're hunting is like one to one which is like so rare and like when i figured out that that even existed in I was like stupefied i'm like yeah, you a know, place like this even exists where it's like a two to one buck to doe ratio. Let's just say it's like one buck to every two does. That's crazy. Yeah. To me. But it's like the reality is, it's just these areas are so hard to hunt because a you got to drive a long ways on gravel roads and mountain roads, yeah, and then you have to you hike, hike a long ways. <laughs>
1: like, and it's not an easy hike either. Well, and like
2: <laughs> so. Here's something. I took my brother-in-law hunting one time. And on day one, I learned that he was never going to be a mountain lion. uh, Or a mountain hunter. Uh, We hiked 11 miles. It was a tame day for what we did. Like, about as tame as I could make it. And he couldn't walk anymore at the end of the day. He was really shook up. And he didn't hunt the next three days. He hung out at camp the next three days. Like, you have to be dedicated to the pursuit. Like, a 10-mile day is a pretty mellow day when you're mountain riding up here. Like, I mean, there are spots where you could be like, all right, I'm going to jet to this spot. But if you're going to hit multiple spots, like, you're going to hit 10 miles every day. easy. Yeah, I mean, 15 is nothing. I mean, Steve and I hiked a marathon in one day. I've hiked marathons many times. It's just like...
1: And then to hike that far and not see anything, it gets. And then it's just yeah, like mentally It's a draining. mental,
2: yeah. It's just like, yeah. I know a spot where I could shoot a doe tonight. Yeah. I, <laughs> in I know. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And this can suffering be suffering is so, over. I could end my sorrow for the year. Or probably shoot a four point buck. Like, yeah. you know, shoot, oh, I got my 110, 120. <laughs> yeah. And like,
1: just hiking into this spot, getting in there. So how far did you have to walk to get to this spot? So where I shot him today? Yeah. He was actually a lot closer. He that's nice. He was within I bet three quarters of a mile from the pickup. That's nice. Did you get him out whole? Yeah. It was all downhill. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It was a steep ridge. <laughs> Got him up. Did he do the tumble? So I didn't see him drop. I saw him take off Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like,
2: getting into that, so. (laughs) All right, we got to back up. I'm going to let you talk. I'm not going (laughs) to say anything further. You're in your spot. Let's just say a mile from your pickup. Then what?
1: So, I'm getting in there, and those old rubs that I was finding, those big rubs that I was taking pictures of, I have them marked. And... I was going into that area and I found a new one and it was just as big. It was super fresh and I'm just, I told myself I was going to slow play it and I knew the elevation he was at. I had a trail he was on and so I stuck with that elevation and walked my first set i walked like i don't know 50 yards maybe from where i found that rub and rattled and nothing came in and i wish
0: we had your actually you know what i got a couple little horns i want you to do how you rattle you don't just like clank clank clank, clank. no it's not like
1: rattle bag in your hand for five minutes straight, just going See to town. See if
0: you can do what you do. I know you it's going to be
1: harder with these ones because they're small.
0: But they're small horns, guys. Stacy's out there with his
1: size horns. Size matters. <laughs>
0: so to talk about okay. that a little bit. So, like, do you want a mature buck's horns? Do you want...
1: Yeah, so this is just my theory on it. Like, a big deer is going to know, like when two little scrappers are going at it versus a mature or Too two big mature bu- two bucks, big bucks yeah. it just sounds different like these you can rattle with them but it's you don't get that yeah it's like a different sound it's not that and i wish we had like but, the girls are out there hunting right now and they took nels's horns but yeah anyway like when i sit up and rattle it's not for super long but there's pauses like yeah so like just I'll go rattle. into it
0: just okay guys these are smaller horns these aren't the ones <laughs> that he used um, but he's just going to kind to go through his strategy and rattling and I'll let you take it from there so now, like so.
1: yeah so when you set up what I do is all some like I've done it before where you have a grunt tube and you make it sound like a buck's tending a doe, and then you like incorporate like the i call it like a buck roar like it's a longer grunt almost and then you kind of play out this picture it, or a scenario and there's a grunt tube like i'll take a grunt tube and uh 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 that's like, that'd be like a tending call. And yeah. then, like, I'll have one of those Primo's cans, like the dough. Nah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, this this will be in, like, a drawn-out. Like, it will be in a drawn-out time frame. It's all not, like, right after one another. So I'll Your wait, whole
2: calling sequence is, what, a half hour or an hour? About a half an hour. And you probably have... 10 minutes multiple times in your sequence where there's nothing. Right. And that's when you have your rifle in your hand and you're yeah. like
1: So you're just waiting. Yeah. You give it a while and then The thing is, is you have to be super patient because it's not like elk hunting where you call and they bugle and they can be like running right in. Like yeah. sometimes they do, but a lot of the times, you really have to watch your downwind side.
2: Yeah, just, if it's absolutely. a mature
1: whitetail, they're not just going to come in. It's like they're uh, oh, they're, they're fighting, fighting to survive. Them. Like They've learned from surviving like all these predators and stuff, they're not just going to expose themselves just yeah. because there's a fight going on. Because that's a lure for other predators and stuff, so they're always checking and so like watching your downwind sides always keep like that's something i learned with calling coyotes it's just you always keep a blind eye to the downwind and anyway so i start rattling and i like to do like a clash and then you'll rattle a little bit and then clash but there's pauses you don't want to just sit there and do this the whole time,
0: but. and explain why. Because you you were telling me earlier, the they lock up, and their horns are stuck together. They're not sitting there ting Yeah, tink. they're, they're pushing, locked up. They're pushing. pushing
1: each other. Like they're not just like tapping their heads together like this. Are you breaking brush while you're
2: doing anything? Some I'll, guys are I'll really kick, into that. Like, like, kicking I'll kick, like in the ground. Yeah, and then I'll
1: like blow,
2: like. Yeah. Like,
1: with your mouth?
2: Yeah. Just, yeah. And, and I'm like, that's like yeah. a big deal. Like, guys, I've, I've rattled in a few bucks. Like, the buck I killed last year, I rattled in with my bow. But there's an art to it. And there's guys that get really good at it. And they kill giants every year.
1: But it can be super frustrating, too, because there's so it's many the rattling. Right.
2: right? It's like, what is that saying? It's like, you're gonna have definition of insanity is doing the the same same thing thing. over
1: and over and with expecting
2: a different result yeah it's like i mean i've done it like i've had success rattling but like you can legitimately have 20 sets i like i kept track of it it was like 20 sets was the longest i've never been i've ever been without calling a bucket and it's like the same it's, it's a different thing than what you're doing i'm hunting higher deer densities but it's like a doe yeah. comes in to see what's up but and i've
1: done like, that like in those high density areas and i've rattled in like six deer in a day yeah. but you could go to that same area and you could rattle one in the whole day it's just yeah you have to be super patient
0: but it's cool because like you were showing me earlier you you take the you take I'll Basically, take the, the same side off yeah. two different deer. Yeah. You're not using one deer set, you're using two deer set, and you're taking both left sides or both right sides. And that's what you're rattling with. Yeah. And you like take them and you flank the them, get them mixed yeah. in there. And it's a pause. Yeah. And you'll do two clicks and then. Yeah. And then pop again. Yeah. And these are tiny shits. I think these are like four inches maybe. This buck might score 40 inches total. Like
2: <laughs> That's the exact buck I shot this year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but we're just trying to give you guys an example. So like a clank, stick them together, pop,
1: yeah. hold it. And then go. Yep, without oh, spilling sp- your beer. Spilled my beer. <laughs> and that's
0: that's something i think that some people could probably take away from this is that you're not just like making a bunch of noise no you're not just rattling constantly your calling
2: sequence takes 30 minutes yeah that's what a lot of people it's like oh i'm gonna go out in the woods i'm gonna rattle i'm bored in 10 minutes like if you actually look at your phone and count to 10 minutes and like the thing that's it goes by quick and, like, the thing is, is like, I hate to, like, make the segue into free diving. A lot can happen in two minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, that's hunting free diving. It's, like, you're literally going on a hunt every two minutes and 30 seconds. You're that's going the, all in on one go. And, and it's, like, 30 minutes is an eternity when you make... When your ADD is that bad that my hunt is two minutes and 30 seconds because that's a breath hold. Yeah. 30 minutes is an eternity, like... Set your clock. Well and then not seeing game, like all that's
1: running through your head for ten days. And it's like Yeah. And you're rattling and it's like, What am I doing? Like you're second guessing yourself. Like you
0: it's But that just has to go that goes back to low dare low deer density areas and like, you're not going to go out there expecting results no. when you're I hunting wonder mountain I what by. the
2: density is. It's probably three deer per square mountain. Dude, yeah, the fact that you got on that buck it.
0: this morning in that spot after that many days, and you put it all together, and you were like, all right, I'm putting all my cards in right here yeah. today on this spot, and it just worked out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a lot. I was, that's, like, blown away. Because you're hunting literally, like, maybe two bucks. In yeah. five miles square.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you happen to be on him. That's, that doesn't happen to work out because that deer is smart enough to be like, if you made a mistake on your opportunity, like you said, that deer came in downwind of you. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew, okay, this buck's going to hear me. He's going to do like any smart animal's going to do. He's going to scent check me. But hopefully he scent checks me to where I can see him.
1: Yeah. So and he made
2: the mistake to scent check you where he where you could see him. How many times did that happen during the course of your season? Exactly. When a mature yeah. buck scent checked you and because I mean this is Right. Yeah. Well it... to the Viet Cong. Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: Dude, that buck could have yeah. scent checked you half a mile away.
2: Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Like
0: he could have seen like I don't know The fact that you were on him and you were close to him and you like it took you that long to like play all your cards into this one setup. That's amazing.
2: How many times did you rattle this season? That's my question.
1: How many times... Okay, so... <laughs> Take an
2: educated guess, because I'll say this. Steven and I reeled in 60,000 feet of string the other day, fishing. I feel bad for Steven. He's going fishing tomorrow. I'm not. I'm wearing waders all day tomorrow, but I'm going to go be like... <laughs> Do my own thing, and it's not going to fall that. Well...
1: I don't know. I bet it was... Over a
2: hundred. It was rattling. Um, so... 1% success rate on... And, and that's something people should take away with this. It's like, you're listening to this. Wrong. You killed a deer that's a deer of, I've never killed a deer that big. I'm. That's my first... <laughs> dude, I was that's like... An, that's a
0: you started crying when you killed...
2: Yeah, that's an accomplishment of a lifetime. I mean, uh, like people yeah. are be like, oh, 150 inch deer, blah, blah, blah. You don't hunt in North Idaho. Like... <laughs> I've I like conservatively I've killed 20 bucks with a bow and arrow. My biggest is 147 and I knew that buck by name. Like I knew everything about him before I arrowed him. Like I spent a, I spent 12 days hunting that deer. You did the exact same thing, but you did it in the hardest see. place to ever do it. Like I had 20 pictures of my deer. Like I knew who he, I named him Gimpy. Like, because yeah. he got hit by a car, probably, and broke both of his fronts, like, and walked with the Gimp. Like, I knew exactly that deer. But, like, that's impressive. Beyond <laughs> impressive Like, going to a place, I have no idea what lives in here, but I know that there's a big buck in here, and I'm going to spend a hundred times rattling the 1% success rate. There's yeah. a reason, like, you know, like... It's... That's yeah, it takes a lot of time. It's just you I'm don't still... get
0: lucky with those deer. It's okay. surreal. I'm stoked for you. I was glad to get this out here on the podcast. It was cool to have Mark here with us and like put it all together, and paint the picture. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Uh, I still can't believe it happened.
0: I can. It's like due diligence, man. It's like crazy. you shoot him freaking...
1: Right behind the shoulder. Yep. He blew his heart. Just the heart was toast. Yeah, so funny story. Shot him with my six five. He was like thirty yards. Came in. That's close. And shot him and he took off. And I was like, I'm gonna give him a minute just to be safe. And I had a really good rest on him. Walked down there. Did not find any hair. Did not find any blood.
2: And I was like... like and you probably didn't find blood the whole blood trail, or did you? you did. No, no, I didn't find a single drop. So it was like one of those pan-stakes yeah. you like, know, yeah, it out. I'm like, oh...
1: How Come far on. did it go?
2: 30, 40 yards? It's not bad, so... I'll tell a story real quick. My buddy Jake, he killed the state-record mule deer for the state of Washington. You shot that deer in the heart, and he didn't have a drop of blood. And we almost left that deer. It was 233-inch deer. It was like, I think I missed. And I'm like, there's no way you missed. Like, I watched that arrow yeah. just bury into him. I'm like, there's no way you missed. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. there was no blood. And this was with a bow and arrow. There was no blood. And it was right through the heart. He nicked the heart. And that deer went 100 yards. And it was just like... Behind some sage.
1: It's like. crazy how far they'll go. Like, his heart was blown apart. I just found the, where the arteries come in. Like, mm. the top of it. A or, or whatever. Yeah. And that was
2: it. But I, I like shooting them in the neck when they're on the gated road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? Do yeah. You know? <laughs> That's what happened with me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't passing that opportunity. That meal
1: deer, he was like,
0: I got the chance to do the slam. I'm shooting it. <laughs> it yeah. was awesome. It was such a fun day.
2: It was a chill day. That was a very relaxing day of hunting. But we saw a lot of critters. I think
0: it's just because it was like our first snow and went up there, got back there on that road and going down it. Oh, there's one right there.
2: I want that deer. <laughs> Pop.
0: Done. <laughs> he dropped
2: that's awesome we waited for him to walk up onto the road because it was gonna happen and
1: then it was just like all right <coughs> i've never shot a mule here, ever
0: let me tell you something about gonna, suppressed rifles i really so want nice. to
2: take you down there because you'll have a really good time in my little house canyon spot like one of these days i couldn't do it this year but like yeah we need to do that yeah that'd like, be fun
0: I have a feeling you're going to be doing some cameras this spring.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, the thing is, is a guy in Idaho can get a whitetail tag and their general deer tag of them by a Washington... I got to figure out the blacktail thing in Washington and, like, kind of all that. You shoot the deer slam every year. Whitetail, mule deer, blacktail. Black tail. With, like... What is it? It's like $600 invested in tags. It's like, it's not that bad. It's not
1: bad. And I'm trying to get into the out-of-state stuff, too. I'm,
2: I'm trying like, to kill a mountain, to mountain buck. Quote, unquote, out-of-state Nails is like,
1: show me up here.
2: <laughs> you had a chance to shoot a mountain buck that decided to come breed pussies. I did. <laughs> City girls... That's pretty much what happens. The redneck bucks come down and breed city girls. But that uh, thing's cool. with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thanks a lot for listening to this. It's it been fun, fun recording it. I'm glad you got your deer. That thing's a stud. We're going to post this on the uh, on the cover for this pic- for this podcast. It'll be the picture for sure. You guys will see it before we, you hear about it. Anyways, thanks for listening. Out Life out. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Out of Life podcast. And we will see you on the next one.